a reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord to his anointed Cyrus, whose right hand I grasp, subduing nations before him and making kings run in his service, opening doors before him and leaving the gates unbared. For the sake of Jacob, my servant of Israel, my chosen one, I have called you by your name, giving you a title, though you knew me not. I am the Lord, and there's no other. There is no God besides me. It is I who arm you, though you know me not, so that toward the rising and the setting of the sun, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. The word of the Lord. Give the Lord glory and Give the Lord glory and honor. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all you lands. Tell his glory among the nations, among all peoples, his wondrous deeds. Give the Lord glory and honor. For great is the Lord and highly to be praised. Awesome is he beyond all gods. For all the gods of the nations are things of naught, but the Lord made the heavens. Give the Lord glory and honor. Give to the Lord, you families of nations. Give to the Lord glory and praise. Give to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring gifts and enter his courts. Give the Lord glory and honor. Worship the Lord in holy attire. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. He governs the peoples with equity. Give the Lord glory and honor. A reading from the beginning of the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, remembering you in our prayers, unceasingly calling to mind your work of faith and labor of love and endurance and hope of our Lord Jesus Christ before our God and Father, knowing, brothers and sisters, loved by God, how you were chosen. For our gospel did not come to you in word alone, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with much conviction. 
the word of the Lord. Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth and you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. Then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. At that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we are presented with one of the most stunning scenes in all of the Gospels with regard to the masterful way in which the eternal Word of God, who has taken upon himself a human nature, Jesus the Christ, contends not only with a world gone wrong in sin, but with those who have set themselves up for whatever reason in an adversarial relationship with him. Over the past couple of weeks, as we draw nearer to the conclusion of this liturgical year, and as the gospel confirms that reality, as we see Jesus now resolutely moving towards Jerusalem, he has been engaging with the elders, the chief priests, scribes, Pharisees, and the engagements have become becoming progressively more and more contentious more and more tension, the tension is being, uh, is elevating as they are doing everything they can to discredit Jesus, 
to do away with him. And we see how desperate the situation has become in today's scene because the Pharisees have actually combined themselves with the Herodians. The Herodians were those who were supporters of King Herod, who was the puppet king set up by the occupying Romans. And so anyone who would be an advocate of Herod, who was basically put in place to make sure that taxes were indeed being remitted to the Roman officials. So the Herodians and anyone who would go along with that posture would be considered Roman sympathizers. The Pharisees detested this in every way imaginable, as you, would, as you could understand, them being sticklers for the law, the practice of the law, to a T, even in an external presentation. But as the gospel presents us today, Jesus, fully aware of their malice, deals with them accordingly. Because what are they attempting to do? In this insidious presentation, they are trying to elicit from Jesus a yes or no answer in such a way that no matter how he answers it, they will have grounds to implicate the Lord and discredit him on some, on some level. So if he says, yes, it is lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar, he would then, the Pharisees would say, there it is. He's advocating, he's advocating sympathy for the Roman occupiers, which would undermine a very big, uh, obviously, contingent of the Jewish people who detested the occupancy of the, the Romans, their, their rule over them, and the taxation, for that matter. But then if he would have said no, then the Herodians would have had grounds to say, there it is. He is advocating sedition. And that is, in any, in any case, the um, rebellion against the Roman Empire. So it seems like an impossible situation. But as we know, we are worshiping a God for whom nothing is impossible. So what does Jesus do? He asks them for a coin, which in itself discloses their hypocrisy even more. Because for a Jew... Of, on any level, to have in their possession a coin which had the likeness of someone else who had presented themselves as a deity, knowing, as we hear in the first reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, there is no God but the Lord. And yet, it is under God's kingdom, God's heaven allows for lawful authority. He allows all authority, all leadership in the world emanates from above. We have this confirmed for us when Jesus himself is before Pontius Pilate and he's bringing to the Lord the charges, he says, do you have nothing to say for yourself? He says, do you not realize that I have the power to, to release you or to have you crucified? And Jesus very quickly says, you would have no authority whatsoever over me lest it be given to you from above. And this is why the sin of those who have handed me over to you is greater than yours. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this world. So in a most masterful way, Jesus, taking the coin, asked them the question, whose image, whose likeness and inscription is on this coin? And they say Caesar, to which Jesus says, then render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar, give to God what belongs to God. 
And if we go to the 22nd verse of today's gospel pericope, this is Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 21. If we went to the very next verse, which gives us context and also a better understanding as to the audience that he's dealing with, we are told that they walked away from Jesus utterly amazed. They were amazed at his brilliance, how he would take and avoid a seemingly impossible situation. And what does he do? He puts it in the perspective of what he's always trying to do, in the perspective of God. How does God view the operations of this creation, of this world, even, yes, the chaotic sphere of the politics of the world? How does he view it? He gives allowance for everything. Because in the end, what belongs to God and what belongs to the rulers of the world? What belongs to God is all life, particularly all human life, created to God's image and likeness. This is what it is that God desires. And so as you and I find ourselves in a both and situation, we are citizens of heaven by virtue of baptism, but also citizens of the world. We are to adhere and be obedient to the lawful authority and to comply with the demands of the, the, the governance of the world to the extent that it doesn't infringe upon what is duly, duly meant for God, namely your whole heart, your whole mind, your whole soul. We are to interact, in other words, in this world system in a manner that is enlightened by the, the only true God who has revealed himself definitively to us in the person of Jesus the Christ. So in a shrewd way, Jesus is saying, yes, it's proper to pay the, the, census, the census tax, but it is most magnanimous to give over to God what belongs to God. This, in essence, is an expression of divine mercy. The mercy of God, everything that is happening in the world. I commented yesterday afternoon that one time a caller called in to Mother Angelica Live and asked, Mother Angelica, I want to know, we always hear about the will of God, the will of God. How do we know what is the will of God? And Mother Angelica says, Honey, if it's happening, it's God's will. Now, we have to understand what Mother Angelica is saying in that response. It doesn't mean that everything that's happening, in other words, God doesn't, God doesn't uh, endorse the wicked, evil things that we see happening in the world. But the providence of God allows for everything to happen. Because as St. Augustine has commented, God has deemed it better to bring good out of evil than not to permit evil at all. And we know that the objective of the Pharisees, the Herodians, those who had established themselves in adversarial disposition to the Lord Jesus, their objective was to put Jesus down in whatever manner they could. And when that ultimately would come to pass, on good Friday, the glorious reign of the kingdom was consummated as he would rise up on the third day, just as he said. 
And now, look at what has come forth. May we be given the grace today, particularly as we approach the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever in this most blessed sacrament of the altar. May we receive the grace to maintain the proper focus and priority of heart and mind as we navigate this way of the cross. We must all bear in mind that no matter how things seemingly are spiraling out of control, the one who has sovereignty over all things visible and invisible is realizing it in such a way that all things shall work together for the good of those who love the Lord and have been called according to his purpose and plans. The work of God, the salvation of God, is not exclusively just for the Jews or for the Christian. It's universal in scope. It's for the whole world. He uses the Jews, he uses the Jews, he uses us as his church to be a vehicle by which this gracious gift is made available to one and all. I hope and pray that these Pharisees who walked away from Jesus and these Herodians who walked away from Jesus utterly amazed that that amazement gave way to repentance and true conformity to the one sent by God, truly the anointed of God. For God desires that all of us come into communion with him now and forevermore. God love you.